上热。Welcome back, listeners, to Toy Story Minute. This is a podcast about Toy Story minutes by minutes, each one of them. My name is John. My name is Jeb. And this is our the story of a girl uh, who cried a river and drowned the whole world. That that's such a weird image. And he just for like the beginning, like yeah. just dipping us right up just into going that river, right into it, yeah, right into that river to drown the whole yeah. world. Is that that almost sounds condescending too? Like, oh, cry a river and drown everyone, why don't you? Right. Maybe it's just me. She looks so know. sad in photographs that you absolutely <laughs> love her when she I, smiles. I didn't know there were any other lyrics to this. I mean, I knew that there were other lyrics. I just didn't know what they right. were. <laughs> so thank you for that. You're Jim. welcome. This minute, minute 79, starts with lead CGI painter Tia W. Cratter of Crat FM from mm-hmm. the back of the pizza plant truck. Mm-hmm. And ends with post-production supervisor Patsy Bouget. Bougier. Bourgeois. Bo- oh yeah, bougie. Pat, bougie bad, Pat. She is bad and bougie. Yep. Pat and bougie. <laughs> she has all the means of production because she's the post-production supervisor. Oh, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to talk about like some of the characters in this film. Just talk over the peoples that have done things. Mm-hmm. But first, a couple credit things. Mm-hmm. We have people who we haven't discussed yet because we've discussed like people like you know Joe Ranft and Pete Doctor and Andrew Stanton and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have Bud Lucky, who does do some voices in Pixar movies, just not this one. Like he's in like three, and he's got a prominent role in The Incredibles, but like he hasn't come up yet. But he is the guy who had the idea to make Woody a cowboy doll instead of like a marionette. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So that's that's interesting, and he did everything basically. He wrote, directed, and voiced all the characters in Bounden. Do you remember that short where it's a sheep that gets sheared and jumps around? A yeah, bunch? he did everything in that. Really? He did the voice. He did the um, which I think that was the first short with voices, like with actual words, not mm-hmm. just like grunts of voices in it. And he, yeah, he did all of that. Hmm. So that's interesting. That's pretty cool. Mr. Yeah. Bud Lucky. And we've also got, there's Bob Peterson, who also did voices in later films, but not in this one. But he animated a lot of the shots of Sid. Like, he, in particular, he said he enjoyed doing Sid saying, like, I want to ride the pony with his Marty McFly <laughs> sleep and all that. I want to ride the pony. Yep. Okay, genuine. I think we already made that joke yeah, we did. back then. We did. Well, okay, let's, um... Let's just, like, boom, boom, boom. Let's talk about some characters. Characters. Because this movie is so good with that. Like, this is was one of the cool things about this film. Mm-hmm. And let's dive in. Let's, let's just dive right in with Woody. Okay. So, Woody, he is basically dad of the room, but, like, by whose authority his, is the thing. His. That's, I think that's his character flaw. Yeah. It's his pride. Yeah. Last name. Hey. Boom. And then, like, I guess his arc is kind of he realizes that it's okay to not be, like, almost like... what the man. You, yeah, which, that's what You've Got a Friend of Me is about, too. Because yeah. it's like, I'm not... Big, you know, some people are bigger and smarter and stronger and everything. Yeah. All I have to offer is, like, love. It's just, like, you don't have to... You, you can be inferior. Yeah. You don't have to be as good as everyone else. Right. Like... That's not, it's not necessarily that you're the best at something. Right. Or it's even, like, superior you're, you're at something. You. Yeah. You don't even have to be good at something. It's like, that's not where your value necessarily comes from. Right. And also, like, that's why working together with others is important. Because, mm-hmm. like, 
Before, he's kind of condescending to the toys. He is, yeah. And then, like, he learns that he needs Buzz. Mm-hmm. And he needs even these mutant toys who he was so yeah. incredibly rude to. Oh, yeah. But, like, I mean, that's a little bit less blame him put on him for that than yeah, for, like, Black Friday draft stuff. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. The spring um, wiener. It's... It, we, <laughs> I forgot about that spring Nobody wiener. asked you, spring wiener. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Oh, my God. Oh, you don't deserve to wear a 10-gallon hat on your 5-gallon head or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love this because Woody gets really nice development in this film that continues mm-hmm. in the next one. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I think, the big strength of Toy Story 2, which I have some notes on that for later, but that's what makes Toy Story 2 strong is because we had a character who went from kind of unlikable almost to... A good hero mm-hmm. and then further developed yeah like that's interesting that's uh-huh. what that's what a sequel should be doing yeah instead of like a lot of sequels like they repeat the, what the last yeah. one did or they whatever did. yeah but this i like this i mm-hmm. like this a lot what it does and i'm sure we'll talk about a ton in toy story 2 yeah when we do that because we are the toy story podcast mm-hmm. um but yeah i love the fact that woody's weak like that he doesn't win fights yeah like, ever. Yeah. He always tries. he's made out of... Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a, he's like Cotton. a... He, yeah, he's like the Scarecrow in Wizard of Oz. Like, he's all yeah. floppy and yeah. weak. Like, he can't do... He can't really do much, well, yeah. He can do much, but he can't do things against other... Yeah. Like, he never overcomes any other people... Right. ...without help. Right. That, that It's a cool... Especially, you know, just as a protagonist. Mm-hmm. Like... It's so interesting that he is a physically weak protagonist. Yeah, and I even agree. like like he doesn't even like his plans aren't even that great. It's right. all like because of cooperation. Right. It's kind of his charisma or his even his desperation mm-hmm. that like gives him strength. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Then we have Buzz, uh-huh. the mentally ill homeless veteran immigrant uh-huh. who was accepted by the populace but not by the leader. I cannot imagine a situation where like an immigrant. Or a refugee or someone mentally ill who was in the military wouldn't be accepted by some sort of leader figure. Like, why would anyone ever do that? Yeah. You know? I mean... I can't imagine a single... I know, I prefer, ...obvious parallel in real American politics or anything. Yeah, I prefer, like, army people who didn't get captured, personally, but... (laughs) Or who I don't perceive as being lesser because of, like, their gender or sexual identity. Yeah. Which... That is a thing about Buzz, kind of, right? I mean, we kind of got into it. Buzz is, like, he is very camp. Yeah. Like, if it weren't for... If this was the only Toy Story movie, I think that it's a really easy read to say that Buzz could be, like, gay. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, obviously, you know, there's no indication of his attraction to any gender or whatever. Yeah. But, like, he does have some pretty effete mannerisms. Yeah, you know? he does. And, like... He and Woody, I mean, it's a buddy comedy, so of course he and Woody have, like, a dynamic mm-hmm. and a relationship, and, you know, that's not, of course, it's not necessarily romantic, but, right. like, I bet you anything there's a fanfic out there where it's, like, Woody, Buzz, and Bo Peep are, like, in a love triangle. Oh, absolutely. Or maybe they even are, like, a, because, a, a, I mean, Bo Peep's the only lady in the room. Yeah. It's not a child who can't speak, so, right. like, like, they could be, like, a triad of thruple. Yeah. yeah, like one of them's one of them's because like you got a limited society, and if there is attraction between Buzz and Woody, like why not? Whatever. Yeah, but I mean, because there is even a little bit of flirting of Bo Peep towards 
Buzz. Oh, yeah. Which I guess we'll talk about when that happens. But yeah. Buzz's character arc is really interesting. Yeah. Because it doesn't happen until, like, ha- more than halfway oh, through yeah, the movie. Oh, yeah, way, th- yeah. I think it's, I wrote it, minute 46 is when he sees the commercial. Uh-huh. Like, when the commercial starts. Mm-hmm. And this movie is 80 minutes and 38 seconds long. The whole before that is important in establishing his character, mm-hmm. but, like, it doesn't develop it. His development happens swiftly. Yes. And it's not even... It's not like him improving something about himself. It's not him becoming a better person, necessarily. It's really just him accepting Yeah, well, it's him going, th- it's him going through a trauma mm-hmm. and going through an existential crisis and realizing a truth that he had no way of knowing before. Because right. only one person had ever told him, in the middle of a fight, you're a toy. Yeah. It's interesting because the, the other toys that aren't Woody still fail him because they don't actually... They, they help him... What is it? They enable his delusion. Yeah. Poor Buzz. Yeah. For for all of this movie, really. Yeah, he's just... Yeah, because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm actually... Like, not I'm not a toy. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, like, a space yeah. ranger. And everyone else is like, oh, sweet. It, it, he is kind of prideful. Yeah. In the space rangerness, But that, like... That almost kind of seems deserved. And it's not as malicious as anything with Woody is because you know that it's all based on something false. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Woody, it's based on... It's Woody's own fault. With Buzz, it's like, he thinks he's, like, some emissary. He needs to be a leader-like person or something. Yeah. It's ugh, it's so interesting, because he's... It's all literally existential, like, trying to figure out your place in the world. Mm-hmm. As we talked about with Aaron, which... Oh, I'm so glad that we got him for that portion of the movie. Yeah. That was a good time. Yeah. Then we have Andy, who is a child. He sure is. I mean, we talked with Scott some about his development, but, it, like, you don't see a lot of it. Right. And I think... Based on, like, literally this week, like, the last bits of the movie, it's balancing his passions. Yeah. Because he has the, some... Yeah. But he cowboy stuff. Me that, yeah, cowboy stuff the and... The world is going to roll me. Yeah, and Spaceman stuff. I need the sharpest tool in the shed. He's kind of, uh, if you want to get a little bit into it, which we're a, a Toy Story Minute podcast, of course you do, it's him creating a standard of masculinity for himself. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't... Like, have one. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a single-parent household, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, right. like, it does mean he has to create His an own, ideal for himself yeah. as a man. Yeah. Interesting thing about Andy, he doesn't do anything next movie. Like, right. Oh, yeah, no. Literally, he plays with his toys once, leaves, and then comes back. Yeah. Nothing. Like, he does more in the third movie. A lot more in the third movie. Oh, yeah. He does, yeah. But he does nothing in the second movie. Yeah. That's really interesting. I I was thinking about, like, oh, what Buzz does further on, what Woody does further on. What does Andy do? Nothing. He rips Woody's arm, and that's about it. And that's not, like... Yeah. His reaction is just, oh, well... Um, I gotta go to camp. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we'll talk about it more. Yeah. When it happens. happens, yeah. Mrs. Davis. No character development. Nope. And not a lot of character outside of what we gave her. Well, yeah, I mean, she's... Yeah, she's just a mom. She's a tertiary character. Yeah. She, she only exists as a satellite to Andy. Yeah. Well, I mean, she does exist in relation to the toys as well, but she doesn't know that. Right. But personally, my thought of her is, you know, whether her husband died and she can never love another man, so she's, you know, or, or whether she's single by choice, or whether she's dating other moms, or whatever, I think the big thing about her is... She's doing the best she can because she's in her 20s still. Mm-hmm. You know, at the oldest, she's like 30. in her, like 30. Yeah. Like 30, 30. period. Yeah. Like just 3-0 because, yeah. like, 
she still looks pretty young. Yeah. She still looks young in the later movies. And that's when Andy's 17. 17, yeah. yeah. So, like, she she does not look like she's 50 in Toy Story 3. No, so, yeah, like, no. obviously she's a pretty young mom. And she's handling two kids on her own and making the best she can of it. Mm-hmm. And having some fun by dating some moms. Mm-hmm. Like, who doesn't want to do that? Right. I mean, that's what my life is all gonna about. be. My life be like. That's, that's what, like, entirely just, like, date all the moms you can. Yeah, That's philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's life right there. Mood. Is that what the kids say now? Big mood. Mood? Yep. I saw a thing where someone said that they taught their grandma what mood meant, and then she just kept going around the nursing home and being like, mood. Whenever something happened, like, someone, like, fell off their walker and was on the ground, was like, mood. oh, man, I am I'm need help. She's like, mood. <laughs> mood. Big. Big mood. mood. Moody dunks. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. Uh, we got Sid. Sure do. Who loves his dog and not his sister, mm-hmm. which I think... Is normal for, uh... Yes, but I think it's... I did. I don't know if I ever made this connection, but, like, that's... His whole problem is... It's, it's not, like, his fault, but symbolically, that he can't differentiate between things that deserve mercy and love and things that don't. Right. Which everyone does, because no one knows toys are alive, but, right. like, it is kind of resonant... Right. That, like, he doesn't know that he's causing all this damage. Right. Which also is kind of an Andy's mom thing. Mm-hmm. She causes a lot of damage and doesn't know sure it. Sure does. But in Sid's case, I mean, it's a little bit more visceral. Yeah. he actually, you know, he, he's doing things to the toys. But, I mean, we talked about Sid a lot. We did. But. Even yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> very interesting. Mr. Potato Head. I think Mr. Potato Head is 100% would be sorted into Slytherin. Yeah. He's ambitious, Mm -hmm. he's a little rude, Mm -hmm. he's snaky, but he's not necessarily evil, but he's not, like, the nicest person. Right. Because he doesn't like the current leadership. He wants to change it. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine not liking the current leadership and wanting to change it? I can't at all. Nope. (sighs) Sad. Sad. Anyway, I think he's insecure. Yeah. I think he's a lot like Woody because he's insecure and he's snarky. And that's because their entire the entire social structure of the toys is just built on Woody. I mean, it's built on nothing. Yeah, though. Woody. It's built on Woody because he says it is. Yeah, exactly. No one put Woody in charge except for kind of Andy. Andy by him being the favorite. But even then, just because Andy plays with the most doesn't mean he's the leader. You know, right? He just kind of is. I think, yeah, he just kind of decided it, and then mm-hmm. I think everyone. And that's unfair. Yeah, I was going to say, and then nobody was, like, bold enough to, like, challenge him, I mean, except like, for yeah. Potato Head. I mean, like, Eric and I talked about, like, who would be the best leader outside of Woody or Buzz, and, like, yeah, that's something you need to consider, because it can't just be, mm-hmm. you know, especially if, like, Woody and Buzz leave for, you know, a few days, right. which happens in this movie. Yeah. I think the actual, the, he doesn't get any character development at all in this movie. No, not in this one. But I think... He gets a lot of it between movies. Yeah, well, because, yeah, because in this one... Yeah, because in this one, even, like, when... He gets his comeuppance and all that. When, yeah, like, when Woody, like, when Woody comes back and, like, saves Buzz or whatever, mm-hmm. he doesn't say, I was wrong. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just shocked, like, yeah. Rex is the one who has guilt. Yeah. But I think between movies, he gets a lot softer and a lot nicer because he has someone. Yeah. And that's what he's always needed. Yeah, just somebody to... And as a Love. as a Mr. Potato Head with a designated like partner, mm-hmm. like maybe that's part of 
their personality is that yeah. they are codependent. They and get so crabby when they're not with yeah. their mother. Yeah. Aww, that's cute. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Slinky Dog. I think his character arc is not putting your heroes on a pedestal. Yeah, because he... Your fave is problematic, dude. Even if he didn't kill Buzz. Yeah, he still was being a jerk. and Even to you. Yeah, and he, he realized it and he grew from it. But you and need he to realize yeah. that your hero is a human still. You know? Or, yeah human adjacent well he's much more human than slinky dog who's fair. dog adjacent fair spring wiener adjacent i think he's still got i mean he's still overly loyal to like his own oh yeah he's loyal to a fault because like he hurts himself real bad in oh movie, yeah he gets messed up which never really gets addressed but i mean right that's a as far as character flaws that's like not the worst one to have yeah i'd rather be overly loyal yeah. than overly especially like jerk. he's a dog that's symbolic, <laughs> yeah that's like dogs know. are loyal hashtag and man's best friend yeah hashtag yeah. man's best friend yeah Hashtags best friend. Mm-hmm. Bo Peep. I think I finally realized what's up with Bo Peep. Okay. She really likes Woody. Is not 100% sure on him reciprocating because Woody doesn't really know how to handle her, yeah, her flirting. Yeah. And then when Woody goes away and she sees the evidence that he did something bad, even if it's like, you know, kind of like we see in the end, but, yeah. you know, you know. She thinks so much of Woody, she thinks he's such a nice guy that she can't imagine him being bad. Which right. is not good. You shouldn't, right. again, put your heroes on a pedestal. But I think that's why we get her saying, like, oh, Woody, if only you were here, and blah, 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 because she st- still thinks Woody's good, even despite other... It's a cognitive dissonance. It's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Fortunately for her, it's not one that, like destroys her as a human mm-hmm. being. It's not one that's like fundamentally causes a problem in like your perception of the world. Right. Can you imagine being so deluded that your perception of the world is often you think that everything revolves around you and you're the president of the United States and <laughs> sorry, um I don't know where that came from. That's just totally not like me Fake. in this yeah. episode. Right. But yeah, I think that's I mean it still means her character revolves around a man. Yeah. And it's like not great. No, like, but still. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a 95 kids movie. Yeah. Him. I don't think he does anything. No, he doesn't. No, like, definitely. if you could take a character out of this movie, I wouldn't want to, because John I Ratzenberger. Love, yeah, I love him. And it fits John Ratzenberger well. And it fits... Like, he has a lot of good lines. Cliffy and all that. Yeah, he's got some of the best lines. But, as far as, like, for the plot... He's not needed. Yeah, he's, like, you could take him out. And... But I would never change that. Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't take him out because yeah. it would be not as good of a movie, but, like, as far as the plot goes, he's not really necessary. Yes, yes. Yeah. But he doesn't have an arc. I don't think he even has an arc in the future movies. Not really. He's just, he's he's there and he's comic he's, relief. Oh, yeah, he's comic relief. He's funny. But he's, he's great. Yeah. Still good. Uh-huh. Rex. This is interesting. I don't know what is happening with Rex, this I, movie. Right. I mean, I get what he is... In this movie, until the end, that that yeah. leaf eater joke. I think he's trying to be act tough to I, cover up. Yeah, that well, we he's know still... we know his problem. We yeah. know he's too self focused, and that's because of his own neuroticism, yeah. his own anxiety. And you know, it's why he says, "Oh no, I have guilt when a problem happens to someone else." Yeah, because it's. But it's yeah. also why, like, he thinks less of himself. Yeah, like it's a very clear problem that you could have a good character arc devoted to. Yeah, but you don't. Right. They kind of cheat and act like he's better at the end. But I think, honestly, that that's Rex trying to use... Like, you know, when you're actually insecure about, like, your place in the world and your talents and how good you are and how worthy you are, it's 
to be like a contributor in society so you kind of lash out and act overconfident just to like make up for your own like crippling insecurities and self-doubt you know how like that is a core part of your personality and it kind of yeah. sucks and you've been thinking about it like since high school and you're, you know you always it's that yeah it's that just ex- to an extreme level yeah anyway that doesn't reflect um, <laughs> I want to talk. I want to talk some about Rex actually next minute. That's okay. going to be a thing of mine. Okay, but um, Hannah, I don't think she 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 wants to play with her dolls, and I think that she makes up nasty storylines because she's lashing out because her brothers are mean to her. Yeah, but I think she has promise. I think she's a nice, cool kid who like makes the best of her situation of mm-hmm. having a bully in her house. Yeah, like living with one. Like, that's what being a younger sibling is sometimes. Or that's what being, like, a person is sometimes. Yeah. And I think she's gonna do great things. Oh, yeah. So, I wish that we saw her. I, You know what? My number one hope for a cameo in Toy Story 4 is Hannah. We might Ooh. not see the Davises. We might not, but, but like a Sid-style cameo. Well, I was actually looking at, like, the IMDb page for Toy Story 4 a few days ago, and... Is John uh, Morris going to be in it or something? Lori Metcalf has a oh, credit. Nice! Yeah. Nice! That's not the best high-five no, we've had, bad. but still, but still, like, that's good. I want to see Hannah in a Sid-style cameo of just, like, doing her, like, being a student or something. Yeah. Like, that, like, that yeah. would work. yeah. Oh man, we see Lori Metcalf probably because her and Bonnie's mom are friends, mm-hmm. or more. Yeah, who knows? Last character that I have, although I mean there are more, is Scud. And my character note on Scud is that he is a dog. He is a dog. Yeah. I don't have. I mean, there's no. I mean, yeah. He's pure animalia, instinctual. Yeah. There's chase no... these moving things. Yeah. Yeah. You know what makes me sad is. We see Buster get old, grow old in Toy Story three. How old do you think Buster or Scud is in this movie? Like, he's he doesn't seem old. He's not puppy, but he's not. I'm guessing Sid doesn't have him in the third movie. No, because dogs live what like 12, 15? 15, Yeah, because cats live like fourteen to like at oldest like twenty. Yeah, but like that's an old cat. But still, like, I mean, that could also be a reason for Sid to, as we were talking about last minute, like, be you know. Treating his his pets as toys, his toys as pets, whatever. But yeah, oh man, that's a downer note. I don't want to end on that. Oh yeah, this movie does a good job of balancing characters and like who to put worth into, mm-hmm. like who to like. It does a lot into Woody and Buzz. I feel like Woody has a pretty standard hero's journey, mm-hmm. and Buzz has an interesting one because he's not the protagonist. He's mm-hmm. um, what's the word? A deuteragonist, I think it is when it's a like a group dynamic. Okay. Of, uh, like, who gets point of view and, and character change and stuff. And so it's interesting because he doesn't have the standard plot. Right. But, yeah, it, it's a good, it's a, I mean, this is, especially for a children's movie. Oh, yeah, this is a, yeah. Very good development. Very, yeah. Of, of these characters. And, like, you can tell a lot of care and a lot of thought was put into them. Uh-huh. A lot of thoughts. More them. than you yeah. can say about, like... The, um, through Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked 2. Hey. Hoodwinked 2, I said. Okay. Not, I'm not going to diss Hoodwinked in front of you. That's your favorite film of all time. Not favorite, but it's well, a it's good not, one. It's no Suicide Squad. Shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. Wow, that was that actually sounded really like vitrolic of you. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Oh, that's... Doesn't... Is that this movie where Woody just goes, Shut up. Oh, shut up. I think so. Not, I, yeah. I saw a YouTube video where someone edited it where... 
when Andy pulled Woody's string, he goes, oh, shut up. Yeah. That's <laughs> and, funny. But speaking of things said by things People. in this movie, you've got listeners, a friend in me. Y'alls are my favorite deputy. I like how you've taken this phrase and applied a word that's not technically in it, y'all. Yep. And or even y'alls, mm-hmm. and just like made it the focus of this of your your sign off. Yins. It's all about the y'alls. Yep, it is. It's you all in y'all. Got a friend in me. <laughs> <laughs> you got a friend in me.